0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: The Bear's Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. What's up guys? After an Owen 4 Third quarter to the season, our beloved got the fourth quarter off on the right right foot with a win over the Texans last week. And now we've got a real big challenge ahead of us. Can we keep the good times rolling, as it were, uh, in a place where we usually lose football games? We don't traditionally win many games in Minnesota. Um, Granted, we've won two in a row uh, out there. Uh, 2018. I can't really explain. Last year, we eked out a victory over Minnesota's JV squad, uh, while they were benching everybody to get ready for their wild card matchup the following week. So, but traditionally, this is not a place where we win many football games, uh, if any, uh, quite frankly. And uh, the Vikings have just as much to play for as we do, as both six and seven teams are the eighth seed in the NFC right now uh, on the outside looking in trying to get that seventh and final playoff spot to uh, try to make a uh, try to make a postseason run trying to salvage the season and uh, you know get ourselves in the postseason and uh, as usual Chris Gates is, is back to help us preview the game between the the Bears uh, and the Vikings and um, I'm very interested to see this matchup because as you hear me t- tell Chris in the interview we have a lot of things in this game that we didn't have the first time around number one we've got David Montgomery who missed the Minnesota game with a uh with a concussion uh number two we have an offensive line configuration uh that is working and because of that number three we have a running game uh to us you know that we can establish and that we we barely use most of the time, but nonetheless, we have a running game at our disposal. And last but not least, Mitch is the quarterback instead of Nick Foles. So God forbid the uh, pass rush for the Vikings finds life once again, as it did against our offensive line. Um, He should be able to uh, use his feet to get himself out of trouble more times uh, than not. So uh, it's it's looking like we've got a lot more of a better chance to to a be competitive, which we were not the first time around, despite the 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 one score loss uh, to the Vikings in that one. They pretty much owned us from start to finish uh, in that one, and uh, you know hopefully the the seven sack performance kind of woke up the defense to maybe be that pass rushing force. Uh, that they that they have the potential to be. It's like all the pieces uh, are there. So it's like these guys just got to get after it uh, like they did against Deshaun. Hopefully, uh, you know, Chuck Pagano will go with some of the same concepts that got these guys putting so much pressure on Watson in that game and get after Kirk Cousins, who we all know is apt to make some mistakes when he's under fire. So let's, uh, let's see how this thing goes. So let's go ahead and dive into it. It's the Week 15 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground with our good friend Chris Gates from SB Nation's Daily Norseman helping us preview this all important mashup between these two big NFC North rivals. You know, it, it's funny because the, the 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 schedule says Week 15. But it says we're playing Minnesota. I mean, that can't be right. I mean, for the fifth time in six years, we're supposed to be playing in Minnesota at the end of the season. But uh, I don't know. The NFL schedulers made a mistake. They've got us playing in Minnesota on Sunday to uh, to take on the uh, Minnesota Vikings in the uh, finale of our matchup for the season. And as always, to hear uh, help us preview the uh, Week 15 matchup between our uh, Bears and Vikings here is uh, Chris Gates from the Daily Norseman. Chris, does does this feel weird? I mean, we're supposed to be talking around New Year's, not right before Christmas.
0: It it really does. This is strange because yeah, like uh, like you said, every every year that U.S. Bank Stadium has been in existence, the final regular season game has been Chicago at Minnesota, and we got that uh, at least once when they were at TCF Stadium. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it's weird. But as we pointed out, this is the final Vikings home game for this year, and it does feature right. the Bears. So, so there's completely, it's not completely messed up. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's a couple weeks earlier than we've become used right. to. Right.
1: So there is that little caveat. It actually is the home finale for the Vikings, just not the regular season finale for the Vikings. Yep. The funny thing is um you know four weeks ago when we were uh, or five weeks ago when we're going into week number 10 uh our teams were on two different trajectories they kind of met in the middle for the monday night game and have been kind of uh you know still kind of forked off in in different directions these last four weeks whereas the bears just decided to keep on losing uh before finally uh you know running into a team that is worse than them on this past sunday and uh and thankfully, they stuck it to Houston as opposed to eking out a victory over a bad football team. Um, the Vikings celebrated their victory by losing to the Cowboys the following week. What happened there?
0: God, I have no idea what happened there. I mean, that, that loss annoys me more than and more than just about any other loss on the Vikings' schedule so far. Because, you know, Andy Dalton, I mean, he didn't come in and like carve the Vikings up or anything. I don't think he had very many yards, but you know, there was no pressure on Andy Dalton all game long, and he just, whenever they needed a play, he was able to make it, and yeah, I I really can't explain the Vikings losing that football game after, you know, the momentum they had picked up after the, the three straight divisional wins they had picked up, and yeah, I, I don't understand what happened that week other than, you know, the defense just once again couldn't get a stop when they needed to, and you know, Dallas uh, got that last drive and went down and scored, and the Vikings couldn't answer on their final possession. And, yeah, they uh, they lost by three points. And that's, yeah, I, I really have no idea and no answer for what happened that week.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that sounds like me for the other three games that we played after after we lost to you guys. But, you know, I, I, I went back and, and I looked to see if it was one of those because I didn't remember – how that game turned out, like if it was one of those where the the Cowboys jumped out ahead and you guys had to catch up and you know ran out of time before you could before you could catch up to them, or if it was like uh, you know when I when I was reading it, you guys took the lead late and then Dallas comes right back down the field and scores a touchdown with about a buck thirty or something like that uh, to yeah. go in the game to take the lead and you know as you said the Vikings came up short. Uh, in the end, either tie or win the football game at the end there.
0: Yeah, I mean, they had an opportunity at the end, and the two-minute offense was just a complete disaster. Uh, guys dropping passes, uh, pass blocking, once again being optional rather than mandatory for the offensive line. Mm. And, yeah, they they had a chance, and they didn't grab it when they had the opportunity. So, yeah, they they wound up losing to a pretty awful football team in yeah. Dallas, you know. There's really no explanation or excuse for it, I don't think.
1: Yeah, no, that's a that's definitely a tough one to swallow. Almost as tough as watching the Monday night matchup between our two teams because we easily fielded the worst offensive line that we've put on the field all season long against you guys. And, um, I mean, poor Nick Foles just took a beating uh, all night long with it. Our only offensive touchdown came on that kickoff return, uh, and it was—I was, was actually—I take that back. It wasn't an offensive touchdown, but the only touchdown we scored was that kickoff return to start uh, the second half, and then we followed that up three drives, nine plays, negative five yards. That was our offensive output for the uh, for the third quarter. The fourth quarter wasn't any better. And the fourth quarter's win, we lost to Keem Hicks, and then Dalvin Cook was able to go crazy, and you guys were able to, to uh, come, out, come out ahead uh, and steal a win in Chicago uh, from the Bears. And it's just like, you know, aside from the fact that we were wearing the worst NFL jerseys in the history of the league, <laughs> those goddamn orange pumpkin jerseys that I hate so, so much, Chris, so, so much. Um, just the the, the the how poorly we were on on offense, you know, it just, it was, it was a very hard game to stomach uh, that, you know, and, and, I'm, I couldn't wait for it to be over.
0: It, it definitely was not a uh, display of, you know, it's not the kind of game you would want to show somebody to try to get them interested in the national football league. No, uh, it, it set offensive football back 10 or 15 years. It was pretty bad. <laughs> the Vikings weren't, like you said, the Vikings weren't really doing anything offensively until Akeem Hicks went out
1: yeah, uh,
0: I don't know how the coverage goes for most of the the Bears sites or whatever, but the impression that I get is that Khalil Mack gets all the uh, the ink and all the a lot of the glory or whatever. But you know, if you ask Vikings fans, I think they'll tell you that Akeem Hicks has been the biggest thorn in Minnesota's side for the last two or three years when these two teams have gotten together, and yeah, he he's the guy that you know Dalvin Cook has never had success against the Bears. I mean, even that game in Chicago on Monday night, he wasn't super successful. I don't have his final numbers in front of me or anything like that, but he he hadn't come in on a streak of just awesome games. Yeah. Then he got to the Bears, and the Bears once again kind of shut him down until uh, Hicks had to go to the sidelines with an injury for the fourth quarter, and then he could finally make a little headway. So, uh, yeah, Akeem Hicks, that's... That's the guy that's going to be the key for uh, the Vikings to keep track of once again uh, when these two teams get together. I think.
1: Yeah, when uh, I, I I was following it pretty closely, or at least so were the Monday Night Football guys. Uh, he was twelve carries for thirty-two yards at halftime, and I think by the time Akeem Hicks had left at the end of the third quarter, he was still in. He had like thirty-nine yards. He had gotten all of seven yards in the third quarter, and then he finished. With like ninety six, because yeah. they, he just started gashing us after Akeem went out uh, in the fourth quarter. He got like sixty yards rushing uh, in the in that final drive. It was like it was mostly Dalvin Cook before Thielen caught the touchdown pass there at the end. It was mostly Cook that was gashing us one run after another um, on that play. I mean, really, the only person that was effective um, before Dalvin Cook got going in the fourth quarter was Jefferson he was really the only one that was kind of gashing uh the bears that Thielen was just a lucky one who caught the passes for touchdowns uh in that football game
0: yeah I mean Jefferson has been such a revelation for this offense I mean I'm I'm so glad that Philadelphia decided they'd rather have Jalen Rieger than uh, than Justin Jefferson and uh allowed him to fall to Minnesota's pick but I mean that's kind of been the way it's been for most of the year I I don't there was at least a, uh, a short stretch of time where Thielen was either leading the league or tied for the league lead in touchdown receptions. And, you know, Jefferson has a couple hundred more yards on the year than Thielen does. I don't think he's got nearly as many targets, but uh, yeah, he's uh, he's been the guy between the 20s and then when uh, when the Vikings get into the red zone. Uh, Thielen's kind of the safety blanket for Kirk Cousins, especially with. Uh, Kyle Rudolph not having the kind of season that we're used to seeing from him in the red zone and now dealing with injuries and whatnot so yeah I mean that's uh that's definitely going to be a matchup to watch especially since it looks like the Bears are uh, having some injury issues at the uh, cornerback spot
1: yeah we'll see how that uh how that uh, shakes out I mean we still have Kyle Fuller as far as I know he's healthy and I'm not sure what's going on with uh with Jalen Johnson I know Buster Screen is still dealing with uh, concussion issues I haven't checked the injury report to see if he practiced yet today but um, you know I mean the Texans were depleted you know in their wide receiving core I think that you know literally pulling guys off the street to catch passes from uh, Deshaun Watson so you know it wasn't that big a test for the defense outside of Watson himself of course um, but it's you know we looked pretty good uh last week and um yeah'm I'm, I'm kind of worried about what would look like uh, after I mean because we got cut up pretty good by the by Detroit obviously Rogers carved us to pieces on Sunday night football uh, and everything so it's just uh interested to see what uh, will Jefferson would be able to do uh the second time around uh, against us but um I'm really excited about this matchup on 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 Sunday because You know, we have a couple of things that we didn't have when we played you guys the first time around. Uh, Akeem Hicks is healthy again, so we'll have him back. But more importantly, we have an offensive line configuration that has been working the last few weeks. Um, We have Mitch back at quarterback, which means that he'll be able to move around in the pocket unlike uh, Nick Foles, God forbid, uh, if the offensive line doesn't hold up and we have a running game we didn't have any of those things the first time uh that we played you we pretended that we did and uh did absolutely nothing with them but we have david montgomery who was out with his own concussion issues that week we have a, a a reassembled offensive line that has worked for us and we have a quarterback who can run for his life if he's ever under pressure uh like nick Foles was constantly uh, against uh you guys, so I feel like it's a bit more of an even matchup this time around.
0: I mean, it probably will be, particularly the way that the uh, the Vikings defense and specifically the defensive line has gone uh, over the past few weeks here. Because over the last few weeks, this team has basically gotten no pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Uh, last week down in Tampa, the Vikings, I believe, according to Pro Football Focus, had Tom Brady under pressure a grand total of three times all game, and uh, if you're only going to pressure the quarterback three times in a 60-minute football game, you more often than not are going to lose and lose badly, particularly when, you know, it's a quarterback the caliber of Tom Brady. Right. I mean, for whatever reason, Mitchell Trubisky seems to have the Vikings' number. I think he's beaten the Vikings, like, three or four straight times now. Granted, one of them last year was when they – beat the Vikings JV squad right in the season finale in a game that really didn't mean anything. But you know, since the Vikings swept the bears in Trubisky's rookie year, uh, I don't think he's lost to Minnesota. I know the one game in 2018, uh, he got hurt on like the second or third offensive play. But yeah, other than that, he, uh, he is not, uh, you know, the Vikings have not been able to knock him off for whatever reason. So If they can't get any pressure on Trubisky, you're not going to have to worry about him running for his life. But, you know, I almost have to wonder if that's not better for Minnesota because he seems to make uh, more plays on the move than he does when he's, you know, standing in the pocket and has time. But if the Vikings can't get pressure on Trubisky, it's going to be a long afternoon regardless. So hopefully they'll figure something out as far as that goes.
1: Yeah. So where's the – I mean, how are you guys feeling about the team – uh, these days, I mean, because the four in the four games since uh, our matchup in uh, in Chicago, you, you lose to the Cowboys, you eke out victories against the Panthers and the Jaguars and then lose uh, to Tampa Bay. So where's the confidence level with the team right now?
0: <coughs> I don't think it's super high. I mean, you know, like you said, we beat a couple of bad teams. Uh, we probably should have lost to Carolina, but mm-hmm. uh, you know they had an opportunity to completely put it away at the end, and they missed. And yeah. uh, the Vikings went down and scored, and they li- they missed a field goal at the end of the game that uh, would have given them a win. But uh, you know, a win's a win, and that's just how it goes. And then we had to go to uh, overtime to beat the worst uh, non-Jets team in the league, which is right. not exactly encouraging. But uh, you know, like we said, a win's a win. It got them back to five hundred, and then they went down to Tampa and played a pretty talented team, and. You know, lost by double figures, so I don't think the confidence is super high. Uh, it's interesting to watch some of these younger players on the defense develop, uh, particularly the two young corners who finally look like they're starting to get it uh, at the NFL level. Uh, Cameron Dansler and Jeff Gladney have both played significantly better as the season has moved on. Uh, unfortunately, as I've already mentioned, the defensive line isn't giving him a heck of a lot of support in the pass rush. Which has made their development that much more uh, impressive, as far as I can see. But it there's a there's some good, there's some bad. I mean, it's a it's a football team that's one game under five hundred. Uh, you know, got back to five hundred after losing five of their first six, which was nice. But you know, it, it's tough to know what to expect from this team week in and week out with all the youth and uh, that sort of thing. So we're just hoping that guys can develop. I don't know if this team's going to sneak into the playoffs this year, but I think this year is more about deciding and determining who is going to be a part of the uh, foundation of the team moving forward, because there's going to be some decisions that need to be made this off season. And, uh, this, this football team needs to figure out what they're doing uh, going forward. So, yeah, we're just looking to see how guys develop and how things change and that sort of stuff. So, uh, I don't know where to gauge the confidence going into this one. It's the last home game of the year. Uh, they need to win this one just to get back to 500 at home, which is almost unheard of and we're just uh, hoping that we can make that happen.
1: You're preaching to the choir on the don't know what to expect uh, from the from the team and you know this has been a very glass half empty kind of season. Uh, For the Bears this year, you know, like you were you were talking about, uh, you know, a wins a win. And that was basically the mantra for all Bear fans, excuse me, for the first six weeks of the season. We're five and one. Everyone's calling us the worst five and one team in the in the history of the NFL or just in the in the league period, which obviously turned out to be true, you know, after things, uh, you know, played themselves out. Uh, and everything. This was not a team that was worthy of its five and one record, but we kept winning. You know, it's like how can you argue with the with the results? Uh, you know, it, it may have not been pretty getting there, but uh, you know, you 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 got the win. It's 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 not a lot of fun, you know, holding your breath when your when your opponent can kick a game winning field goal, hoping that they miss it. You know, it's 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 a nice sigh of relief, but it's kind of leaves a bitter taste uh, in your mouth and then being taken to overtime by a one in 10 team that you, you know, you barely sneak by on, on that account, uh, as well. So, I mean, I, 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 definitely know where you guys are coming from, uh, with that. It's like, you know, we bear fans are kind of feeling the same way. Again, it almost feels ridiculous that our, our win and and your loss puts us tied for the, for the first man outside, of the playoffs. So it's like Arizona leapfrogged and now they're the number seven seed. You're you're ahead of us because of your uh, uh, division record and obviously head to head uh, you're ahead of us, but we're both six and seven. If the bears win this week, we leapfrog you guys, I think To, But I mean, we'd still be and unless Arizona loses, we're still on the outside. But the fact that we could lose six games in a row and still be in the playoff discussion seems ridiculous. Uh, not only to me but most bear fans because before the era, the Houston game all we were talking about is new GM new head coach 2021 we're going through mock-off seasons and things like that and, and what we can do to rebuild this team to get it ready to be competitive next year then the Bears beat Houston and all of a sudden we're in the playoffs discussion again so I mean it's 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 a weird place like you say don't know what to expect not just on this Sunday but in the, the 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 outcome as a whole you know where we're going from here and do we really want to go you know what I mean because would it would it be an embarrassing trip in the playoffs because right now the two seed is the Saints and I don't know if I want to go to New Orleans and have Drew Brees and Sean Payton beat up on us to you know to put us out of our misery once and for all
0: no I, I can totally understand that and you know unfortunately for us uh we get to go to New Orleans the week after we play you guys. Right, and, right, I see know, that. Yeah, basically, uh, if the Vikings want to get into the postseason, they have to win the next three and get help from Arizona. And I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, I wouldn't bet on it happening or anything like that. Right. And, uh, you know, stranger things have happened in the National Football League. I think we've said that more than once. But, uh, yeah, like you said, I... Personally, I think they would probably get thumped in the playoffs, whether they were going to New Orleans or – I mean, Green Bay wouldn't scare me quite as much because they went into Green Bay the last time they played and won. Sure. So that uh, that's a little bit of a confidence boost. Uh, whoever wins the uh, <coughs> NFC West, I don't know if it's going to be Seattle or uh, Los Angeles at this point. I think it's trending Los Angeles, but – you know, that would probably be a pretty rough matchup given their offense and our uh, relative youth and inexperience on defense. But personally, uh, a game where the Vikings play 17 or 18 games is a better season for me than a season where they play 16 games. Sure. So I would like to see them somehow get into the playoffs, especially after the start they had to the year when everything looked like it was going to be a complete disaster and we were talking about firing coaches and. Cutting players and that sort of thing, but you know, it. We've got three more weeks for this to play out, and all we can do is sit back and watch and see what happens, pretty much.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's there's nothing else to do but sit and see it how uh, see how it all unfolds. But um, let me ask you a question. The watching this team play is is there anything that they do or they don't do that drives you crazy? Like, week in, week out, why do they keep doing that or why aren't we doing this? Is that something that the Vikings are plaguing you with this season?
0: I mean, every time we get uh, get into second and ten, it's a handoff to Dalvin Cook. I mean, I can call that before you know the, the huddle even breaks most of the time. But I think if you ask most NFL fans that, I think they would see that trend uh, with their teams as well. Um, I'm trying to think of... I mean, they don't get pressure on the quarterback, which sure. is annoying. Yeah. But that's more of a talent thing than something that they're actively doing or not doing. Um, I'm really not a hundred percent sure, to be honest. I mean, you know, you would think with all of the offensive talent that this team has, that you know they'd be able to put up points more readily than they do. I mean, they have one of the best uh, one-two wide receiver tandems. Uh, They've got a developing young tight end in Irv Smith, who, granted, has missed a few games with injury issues, but came back last week to have a a pretty solid game. Uh, I mean, the offensive line, the Vikings' offensive line has been bad since about 2009, and everything that they've tried to do to fix it has not really worked. I mean, uh, they've got some pieces. I mean, Brian O'Neill is solid, Garrett Bradbury's improving. Uh, Ezra Cleveland has been a nice uh, surprise at guard because nobody really thought he could play guard. Everyone just expected him to be a a tackle going forward. But, you know, the weak spots on the offensive line are incredibly weak and that, uh, you know, they make it more difficult for the offense than it needs to be. And uh, particularly Kirk Cousins, who uh, took more sacks last week, I I think it tied the... uh, tied the mark for the most times he's been sacked in a game in his career he went down six times and they were all in the worst situations uh they i believe almost all of them were on third down uh at least a few of them were in tampa bay territory and set us up for field goal attempts and oh boy what a freaking adventure that's been over the last couple of weeks (laughs) but uh, yeah i mean they they need to do more to uh to You know try to keep people off cousins in the passing game Uh and you know they need to stop you know being as predictable as they are on first and second down because it's if it's not a run on first down it's a run on second down and it just gets predictable particularly when you have a quarterback that excels uh with play action the way that cousins does so i don't think they take advantage of that nearly as much as they should uh, on the early downs and that's uh if I had to pick one thing, that's probably one of the, uh, the things that I would go with.
1: The reason I asked uh, is because uh, you'll want to keep your eyes open for a trend uh, on Sunday. And uh, you'll probably be able to hear me screaming all the way from... Um, well, I'll be in Indiana on Sunday. I'm going home for the holidays. Um, you will notice that... Um, <laughs> Especially if we're able to to run the ball well, um, unlike we did the first time uh, we we saw each other. Like David, well, David Montgomery wasn't healthy for that game. Not that it really would have mattered, but um, David Montgomery's been on a tear since the bye week. Um, he had, I think, he got over 100 yards against the Packers. He definitely got over 100 last week against the Lions, and then broke an 80-yard run for the first. On the, literally the first play from offense uh, for the Bears, had about 100 yards before halftime. And the trend is um, then they don't give him the ball after that. Uh, they don't even have him on the field half the time. So, I mean, it's it, it made me insane, uh, not so much against Green Bay because we fell behind in that one. So the fact that we were passing a lot in the second half didn't really bother me as much. Um, Because we had the rationale that, you know, Rodgers was trying to break the scoreboard on the Bears, so we had to throw the ball to keep pace. But the the, the last week against the Lions, he's got 60 yards rushing at halftime, 11 carries. He finished with 17. So someone who's averaging, you know, almost six yards a carry in the first half (sighs) carried the ball six more times in the second half. And it was just. We kept taking him off the field. Like, God forbid we had a guy, we put him out there, give him, you know, a chance to build up some momentum. We'd give him, like, two carries. He'd get 12 yards on two carries, and then we'd take him off the field and put Cordell Patterson uh, out there, who is not a running back. I don't give a damn what anybody says. He's not a running back, and we let him run the ball uh, for a play. You know, we've had Lamar Miller on our roster for the last seven
0: weeks. That's what I've heard.
1: Yeah, he's on a practice squad, or at least he was until Washington signed him onto their roster today. So he's no longer with the Bears. He's actually going to play football for the Redskins, whereas he only played against you guys for, like, four snaps on Monday night and then back to the practice squad uh, after that. It's like, I don't know who Lamar Miller pissed off to, you know, being, you know, purgatory on, on our practice squad for the last six, seven weeks, but... You know, the Washington football team signed him, so he might actually get to carry the football and do some stuff that he's actually pretty good at last I checked. But, uh, you know, we've had him on the roster all this time and, uh, you know, not anymore. But, you know, Montgomery has been running so well. And last week against the Lions, I mean, and I talked about this. I I record these segments between quarters that I play on the show. They're called knee-jerk reactions, like basically a live look-in on how I'm doing during the game. And from the second quarter on, I was livid with how much we were not using David Montgomery. Uh, I mean, he was running on a, he just, you can just tell when a guy's running on a different gear than everybody else. And you could absolutely tell. First guy couldn't take him down, second one was being drugged behind while he's digging forward uh, and everything. He was on fire. Comes out 80 yards rushing on the very first play of the game for a touchdown. He's got, uh, you know, Maybe five more carries after that before the half. I was like, "What are we doing? What are we doing?" You know, we're, we've we come out in the second half. Our defense is struggling. You'd think we'd run the ball to shorten the game, protect our defense. You know, go with the guy that's been hot in the first. No, we come out pass, pass on against uh, Detroit and last week against the Texans. Our first six plays on both drives, passes, all of them, passes. Never mind that we got a guy that that ran for 60-plus yards last week, 100 yards the week after, pass, 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 pass. When we have the lead, Chris, we have the lead in both of those games at halftime. Double-digit leads in both of those games. We come out passing like we're playing from behind. So you'll be able to hear me screaming and bitching and, and hollering if, God forbid, that happens again. We have a lead at halftime, and we come out, and we'll be passing the ball again. I will be furious. I mean, that's just – we are absolutely wasting David Montgomery and the effort that he's been giving since we put together an offensive line that can actually block for him. So keep an eye out for that on Sunday. If Montgomery has any success running the football, he will quickly be taken off the field and replaced by Cordell Patterson uh, who will run some kind of sweep that may or may not do something.
0: And and we have – kind of the opposite situation well in one respect uh, there's a kind of a situation with a player that I'll get into uh, here in a bit but uh, once the Vikings hit the two-minute offense it doesn't matter where they are in the field it doesn't matter what the the timeout situation is or how much time is left on the clock or whatever it might be the first play of every two-minute drive is a handoff to Delvin Cook without fail and you know Everyone knows it's coming because that's what the Vikings do to start every single two-minute drill is they hand it off. I mean, I don't know if they're just hoping for, like, a huge run to break or something, but it usually goes for about two or three yards, and then we waste 15 or 20 seconds getting lined back up again, and we pass for a first down, and then the two-minute offense basically starts. I mean, these are some of the worst two-minute drills ever ever. Uh, and like I said, every single one of them starts with a handoff to Dalvin Cook. It doesn't matter if we're on our own 25, if we're at midfield, wherever it might be. Uh, that's what happens. But you know, you talked about a guy that isn't being utilized. <laughs> I've talked about the Vikings offensive line issues uh, pretty much every time that we've spoken because you know <laughs> yeah. they don't do anything to fix the problem. So... <clears throat> We had a couple of games. I mentioned Ezra Cleveland earlier. And after the game against the Packers, he sat out. No, af, after the game against the Bears, yeah, following the first time we played, uh, he sat out for a couple of games with a high ankle sprain. And the Vikings plugged Brett Jones into the guard spot that Ezra Cleveland would usually occupy and, you know, started him for a couple of games. And according to PFF, he put up some of the. Uh, highest Vikings offensive line grades of the season from that right guard spot when he was, you know, checking in for Cleveland. He's a center by trade, but he was playing the guard spot when uh, Cleveland was out. So Cleveland comes back, and everyone kind of thinks to themselves, okay, Brett Jones has been playing pretty well. We're still starting Dakota Dozier at left guard, who is awful, and we. I, I think we talked about something like this with the Bears the last time oh, we talked. Oh, yes, it's yes, a guy we did. That was just, uh, it was just awful, and the team kept running him out there anyway. And, you know, basically against Tampa Bay, we could, we put Dakota Dozier out there at left guard again. And uh, in Sue, our old friend from Detroit, yeah. had uh, – had nine pressures of Kirk Cousins oh against Tampa Bay. He hasn't had nine pressures in a game since 2013, but yeah. because he got to line up against Dakota Dozier on every snap, he pretty much lived in Minnesota's backfield. And the pretty much the, the consensus is the fact that nobody can understand why this team continues to play Dakota Dozier over Brett Jones. I don't know if it's going to take Dozier getting hurt. Yeah. Uh, to Jones out there in his spot but I mean it, it's awful and I don't get it and I don't know what Brett Jones has done to anger Mike Zimmer or the yeah. rest of the coaching staff but he's been kind of on and off with the team for two or three years but he seems to be all right whenever he's out there he's just never out there and the guys that are out there just don't seem to be as good as he is so like we've said numerous times, I'm not at practice. I don't see what the coaches see. I don't know what they know, and I don't pretend to know what they know. But I don't understand it. I just don't get it. So I, I guess if I have a pet peeve, I guess there's dudes that end up in the, the Mike Zimmer or the Viking Vikings in general doghouse and just never get out for whatever yeah. reason. And I don't understand it, not even a little. <laughs>
1: The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Bet BetOnline knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Support for the Bears Talk Underground also comes from Manscaped. The holidays are here. Have you made your wish list yet? Our sponsor today has the number one wished-for gift of the year, Manscaped, the best in below and above-the-belt grooming. Manscaped is here to ensure you're taking care of your manhood and nose hairs with their new performance package. Ho, 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 fellas. Naughty or nice, tis the season to perform. You are in luck because the Manscaped performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and makes for the perfect gift. Imagine opening an attractive box that says your balls will thank you with the most sought-after gadgets and scents a person could find. Included in this package is the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Look, guys, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff, so why not use the best tools for the job here? This bundle also includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. The dads can't stop talking about this, the teens secretly buy this, and the women will love you for it. Tis the season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best package of all, the Manscape Performance Package. And let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the Manscaped Package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The performance package is the best value that Manscaped has to offer and is hot off the presses. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ARMCHAIR at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com, at manscaped.com and use the code ARMCHAIR. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make Santa proud. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our holes look sexy. And with that, let's get back to the show. Oh, my God. You are preaching to the choir here. And your Dakota Dozier was our Rashad Coward.
0: That's the guy. Yeah.
1: Rashad Coward, who I think was relegated to right guard, or excuse me, right tackle against you guys. Like, in in our latest configuration. (laughs) And you guys noticed that you did gloriously in a pass rush against the Bears in that game. Thankfully, if there was one positive to come out of the Minnesota game, it was that we haven't seen Rashad Coward out there for a snap since that game. So I guess the bye week served as the evaluation. It was the the straw that broke the camel's back, or maybe the straw that broke Nick Foles' back, since basically that's what it what happened to him when you guys knocked him out of the game. Actually it was a hip injury, but still. Um he was not in that is that was one of the big changes in the offensive line coming into coming out of the bye week was that Rashad Coward was not on the field which was a vast improvement and your Brett Jones was my Alex Bars cuz i was wondering why is Alex Bars i mean and it it went it stemmed all the way back to when we lost James Daniels for the season in that Tampa Bay game week number 5 Okay, because the first person off the bench to replace Daniels was Alex Bars, not Rashad Coward. But fast forward 10 days later, you know, for after the Thursday night game, who's starting at left guard? Not Alex Bars, but Rashad Coward. And all of a sudden, guys are penetrating, getting into the backfield uh, and things like that. Uh, You know, we move him over to right tackle when uh, Bobby Massey goes down uh instead of knocking a feedie out there who was a tackle in college and drafted to be a tackle by the seahawks and everything now leave him at guard we'll move uh rashad coward uh out there we'll we'll shift cody whitehair over to left guard and sam Mustafer will be our uh center and stuff like that and uh everything it just um actually that didn't happen you guys didn't i think cody whitehair was still on the covet list when when we played you guys but Nonetheless, I mean, it's just like week after week after week. You see something go wrong, it's got Rashad Coward written all over it. And um, I'm surprised, actually, that he's still on the team because (laughs) he was on the field for one play against the Detroit Lions last week. One play. And it ultimately cost us the game, Chris, because his one play on the field was on the extra point team. And he put in such a piss poor effort the field goal got blocked. They just ran right through him, blocked the extra point, and we lost by four points in that game. When we were driving, we were in field goal range. If not for him, we can kick the field goal, send it to overtime and see what happens. But instead, we have to go for the touchdown and the disaster that occurred occurred because of him. So um yeah, we finally got rid of our uh, Dakota Dozier and put Alex Barrs uh, in there. He's playing right guard now. Sam Mustafar is a center. Cody Whitehair is our guard, and we kicked Defitio out to right tackle. And you know, it's been working a lot better. We actually have a semblance of a running game. I don't think we're the worst running football team in the NFL uh, anymore. So I feel your pain. Where you're wondering what has this guy done? Does he have pictures of Virginia McCaskey with a farm animal or something? Why do we keep trotting this guy out there like he's just like all he needs is more reps for him to get better uh and everything He's getting worse as the season goes along. He's making more mistakes, giving up more plays, but they keep putting him out there instead of this other guy who's actually doing really really well uh when he gets his shot, but now we're gonna put that other guy in there. Uh, instead of the guy who's actually being effective. So I I definitely know where you're coming from. You sound exactly like I did up until we finally put that asshole on the bench.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, coaches have their favorites. Coaches have the guys they don't much care for. Yeah, And, you know, until we get to the point where we get to watch practices and stuff, we're not going to understand it. But, you know, it, it is what it is at this point we're at the part of the season where it's too late to really cut people and find yeah. meaningful, worthwhile replacements and whatnot. So we're just, just kind of stuck with what we've got for now. And yeah, hopefully they just uh, won't screw it up too badly if they uh, wind up getting called upon again. So uh, unfortunately I'm relatively sure that uh, when we wind up on Sunday afternoon, the first play for scrimmage is going to see uh, Dakota Dozier at left guard once again. And I'm sure the, bears
1: will notice and i'm sure they'll line akeem hicks right over top of them and see what happens
0: Um, i guess that that would be the smart play
1: (laughs) oh man so chris i mean this going into like with the way that that our teams were playing going into that first matchup uh the bears on a three game losing streak trying to avoid a four game skid going into the Overtime, or excuse me, the bye week, and you guys on a three-game winning streak. Were you winning? Had you won three or three out of four, something like that, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and you know, looking to extend. Yeah, you'd, you'd won the you you you'd won two in a row coming off the bye. We were number three, and yeah. you know, I, I didn't expect that five weeks later, uh, in week fifteen, that this game is going to carry some weight in the NFC playoff picture. I mean. I didn't see that coming at all, you know, going into this uh, you know, the last 4 weeks. I mean, up until the result of last week's games, I still didn't see that coming. So, I mean, it's 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 kind of crazy that um, you know, this game is going to carry some weight and that uh the winner will actually have a better shot at the playoffs than they did the day, you know, before the game started.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of an elimination game between these It two is, teams. yeah. You're right. So- you know, like I said, either one of these teams is going to need to win out and get some help from Arizona if they want to get into the uh, the playoffs. I mean, I think the top six are pretty well cemented with uh, you know New Orleans, Green Bay, uh, Seattle, uh, the Rams, uh, Tampa Bay, and then whoever wins the NFC East. So uh, there's three or four teams that are going to be fighting for this one spot. And like we said, Arizona's there now. Uh, last week the Vikings were there, but that changed after the results of uh, last week's uh, contests. And, yeah, I mean, whoever loses this game, they're going to have a heck of a time uh, crawling back from that. And, yeah, so there's there's actually going to be a, a significant uh, amount of weight put on this game as far as the playoff race.
1: Yeah, you're right. It's uh, Green Bay at one, New Orleans to the Rams – three washington four as the you know nfc east leader but then the wild cards are seattle tampa bay at nine and four and eight and five respectively and then arizona's in right now at seven and six minnesota and chicago just on the outside at six and seven with detroit and san francisco and the giants all at five and eight behind us so um yeah i would say that one through six is pretty well set uh, at this point it, it would take uh some big losses from from Seattle and Tampa Bay for them to lose those spots, and actually Seattle's probably got a you know still has a decent shot of winning their division uh, at this point. But um, you know it it's that that seven seed, and you know I'm looking at Arizona's schedule right now. They have Philadelphia that can that's a win, um, San Francisco
0: should be a win. Yeah,
1: yeah, it should be a win and then at Los Angeles. And depending on if the Rams have anything to play for, that could be another win for Arizona. Yep. So, I mean, the Rams might show up just to keep Arizona out, which wouldn't be the worst idea. But, uh, you know, it's like for for the team that we're looking at to kind of quote-unquote help us out, uh, I don't think we're going to get a lot of help unless uh, San Francisco is looking to ruin something and then – Jalen Hurts' win over New Orleans last week wasn't a fluke in Philadelphia. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens uh, with the Cardinals. But, uh, you know, it's one of those situations where it's much better if we worry about ourselves instead of everybody else. You've got to win in order to give yourselves a shot. So that's why this game is is so important uh, for us both because we'll still have a shot or a much better one if, if we win.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if you get to eight losses, I think you're pretty well cooked, uh, whether it's us or Chicago. Yeah, uh, like you said, you you got to win out and hope that Arizona stumbles along the way. And if you have eight losses, and you got to hope somebody loses twice, and you're you're basically in trouble. So <coughs> I, that that last spot in the NFC, I'm pretty certain is going to come down to either Arizona and whoever. Uh, wins on Sunday between our two teams and sure. the other, the the team that loses and you know you talked about San Francisco and the Giants and whoever else is back there in that cluster at uh, five and eight and I I don't think any of those teams have a realistic chance and you know whichever one of the Vikings or the Bears gets their eighth loss on Sunday their chances are pretty much over and done with I think so this is a pretty significant football game and we'll have to see what uh, what shakes out of it.
1: Well, I mean, I, I, I wonder, um, you know, and, and, and it's like I hate to dredge up old things, but the last time that the the Bears came to Minnesota when Minnesota had something on the line that didn't go well uh, for, the, for the Vikings, um, you know, I mean, it, it had me asking you, you know, I mean, it was months later, like in the summer when we were just meeting up for our, you know, to preview the season. But I was like, I had to ask, like, dude. What happened in that game? You know, it's like the Bears were just playing to play because they were locked in as the number three seed. And, and, you know, we're in the playoffs and, uh, you know, we we couldn't get any better or worse or, you know, whatever it was. And, uh, you know, you guys had the season on the line and it's like you didn't show up for this game. Like, what was the deal? And, you know, you really had like no answer. Like, I don't know what happened in that game it just it just completely fell apart uh, you know like aside from like a quick start from out of Minnesota the Bears took over and and it just kind of pulled away uh, but it was just like Minnesota didn't put up much of a fight when their season was on the line uh, in that one any fear with this team that we might be looking at
0: something like that I mean I would like to hope not I mean they, they have a lot of the same pieces that they had uh in 2018 at least on the offensive side the defense like we said I'm we never know what we're going to get from the defense with all the youth and inexperience and that sort of thing sure but I mean this offense should be able to put up points I mean they should have been able to put up points in 2018 I know the Bears defense was better but you know they they should have been able to score and I mean I would like to think that uh you know mike zimmer has figured out something to uh to solve this but you know you just never know in the uh, the national <laughs> football league from one week to the next it's just so up and down uh particularly you know with the seasons our two teams have had and you know hopefully knowing that there's something on the line here the uh the vikings will come out a little more fired up than we've seen them uh get off to at the beginning of some games and yeah hopefully we will uh we will manage to uh, keep our the competitive portion of our season uh, going for the next couple of weeks.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, the reason that I ask is that, you know, with this season and the you know, the, the one in five start and then here we are, what, seven weeks later, eight weeks later, you know, you're you're six and seven. So that means you've gone five and two in the last seven weeks is a vast improvement, obviously, than from where you began. Uh, and everything so this is a a team that has persevered has fought through it's had its growing pains paid for them dearly early on in the season but here you are uh, in the playoff picture uh, and everything is you know you know no no fear of a or you know any worries about a letdown uh, with the team was basically what I was what I was asking not so much as you know the disaster that ended in 2018 uh and everything because I don't I mean I didn't see that coming at all I expected the Bears to lose that game a because we had nothing to play for and b because we were playing in Minnesota and I just I didn't see that game coming uh at all but it's just like you know there's still a couple of games after this obviously but uh you know like you were saying uh whoever comes away with their eighth loss in this one can pretty much close the book on on 2020 barring some kind of massive meltdown uh, by the uh, by the Cardinals in this thing. So, you know, just, you know, wondering if you thought that because of the season that you have had the the bad start, the stronger second half, you know, do you think this team's got it in them to, to, to push through?
0: I mean, I would like to think that they do. I mean, you know, if it wasn't for that seventh uh, seed in the NFC, the rest of the way would probably be pretty boring because (laughs) the top top six, like we've said, is pretty well set. But, uh, you know, you'd like to think that, you know, given the way the 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 season started, like you said, and the way they've managed to uh, fight back to become relevant again, that, you know, this team would understand that this is the time that they need to – to take it up to another level and uh, try to push themselves into the postseason, even if it is for a uh, a one-game trip to, you know, Green Bay or Seattle or Los Angeles or New Orleans or wherever it is and, you know, get that little bit of experience and, you know, try to give them something to build on for 2021. But, you know, there have been times where this team has come out just completely flat, and, you know, when you get to this point of the season, you can't afford to have, uh, too many of those lapses so
1: yeah.
0: uh, hopefully we won't see that again on uh, Sunday afternoon
1: well I, I look forward to it you know I, I was kind of uh, you know dreading it uh, until like I mean just the last few weeks I've, I've watched this team and you know the defense was giving me gut pains uh, against uh, you know Green Bay and Detroit but they showed up last week against um, Houston and and I was wondering if if maybe that was a kind of like the kickstart that they needed to, to kind of wake up uh, as a defense to basically, for the most part, pitch a shutout against the Texans. The offense played really well, so we're kind of clicking right now. So I'm really interested to see now that we've, uh, you know, like we, we had a weak opponent, you know, not the best opponent or uh, in Detroit, so not the best gauge for, you know, we put up 30 points. Then we put up 36 against a team that was actually – worse uh, than Detroit now what will we do against the defense is actually playing well and has been uh, you know improving uh, throughout the season on the road uh, and everything else so I'm, I'm excited to see how this game is going to uh, uh, turn out and uh, you know we'll see who ends up being the uh, being the victor and having a better shot at uh, making some kind of a late playoff run here
0: yeah it is definitely going to be interesting uh games between these two teams always have a tendency to be interesting right it may be ugly interesting or it may not be but it, it does have a tendency to be interesting as most division uh rivalry type games are and yeah this uh both teams pretty much have their season on the line here, uh, in this one and yeah hopefully we'll uh, we'll get a decent football game out of it and you know at the end of the day we'll see uh If it really does have any impact on the the NFC playoff race, because, you know, like we've said, if Arizona doesn't lose, it doesn't matter what either of our teams do the rest of the way because, you know, they stay ahead of us. But all you can do is give yourself the best opportunity and uh, whoever wins this game on Sunday is going to have that opportunity and whoever loses is pretty well done. So we'll have to see how things work out.
1: Uh, Well, Chris, we'll uh, see how it all uh, shakes out, and uh, uh, if we don't chat before then, uh, happy holidays, happy new year, uh, all the best to uh, you and yours. We love having you on. We look forward to having you back on again soon.
0: Thank you very much, Larry. I appreciate it, and uh, happy holidays, and happy new year to you and yours as well, and uh, enjoy uh, heading back home for the uh, holiday season.
1: Thank you. Chris Gates helping us preview week 15, this big matchup between Bears and Vikings. In U.S. Bank Stadium. Once again, I want to thank our guest, Chris Gates, uh, for joining us to uh, preview these matchups between the Bears and the Vikings. Looking forward to having him back on the show sometime real soon probably in the uh in the off season and um you know it's it's gonna be an interesting game man i'm really looking forward to to seeing if if we can at least show up this time because the the game against minnesota i don't care what anybody says that that was rock bottom for this team because the following week against um green bay uh, or, or after the bye week against Green Bay, uh, the offense had life. Uh, the offense was, you know, showing improvement uh, and things like that. Uh, e- even though the defense uh, was still out to lunch uh, on, uh, you know, against the the Packers and then again at the Lions, rock bottom was that Vikings game, man, because it just, you know, like the, the, the third quarter, three plays, uh, or excuse me, three uh, three drives, nine plays, Uh, negative five yards it it does not get much worse than that I don't even know if it's possible uh, to do that to run nine plays and total negative five yards that's just uh, an abomination so and and probably like somewhat of a statistical anomaly uh, on top of that Um, you know and we're we're coming off of a win Uh, the the last time around we were you know we were scrambling for a win we were desperate Uh, For one, even though the desperation really didn't seem to be there for for that. But, um, you know, it was just they were a team circling the bowl. And now after a win, they've they've got new life They're 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 actually a legit playoff contender again. They have something to play for. They have winnable games left on the schedule. So who knows? Maybe this will be some of Nagy's best work as far as getting this team prepared, getting them ready. Uh, to go on the road and take a win uh, off of the uh, take a win off the Vikings in Minnesota, uh, so Nagy can stay undefeated uh, in Minnesota and um, you know put us in a better spot to uh, make a run at that seventh and final uh, playoff spot. So I mean, wouldn't that be something uh, if we could pull that off? So I was like, I know I can hear a lot of you now saying, "No, we want them to lose so we can fire them and all that kind of stuff," and like, hey. I'm I'm all for that, uh, but if they keep winning and make it to the playoffs, then I think I'd rather see that. To be honest with you, so um, the off season will figure itself out uh, and everything. So I I'd, I'm worried about the regular season. I want to see my team win. So if if they lose, then that's just the silver lining towards the you know them being replaced and and you know seeing what else is out there and and what new regime and and what different perspectives we can bring into the organization but if they keep winning i would prefer to watch them keep winning so maybe that's just me but um anyway that's really all i got uh we'll have news and notes tomorrow we'll we'll look at the injury report see who's uh banged up and uh, you know is buster screen coming back hopefully not and uh you know what uh, what new injury does khalil mack have this week he's been on the injury report like three weeks in a row with a different injury each time so will he find a new body part that will ail him and and limit him in practice this week uh or will he be uh healthy all of a sudden after his uh, uh awesome performance against the texans this past sunday so we'll see how that goes we'll have news and notes we'll have injuries We'll have keys to the game uh, to get you ready for this weekend's matchup between the Bears and the Vikings. Very all-important uh, matchup. So come back tomorrow for the uh, for the deep dive uh, preview to get you ready for Sunday. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Hey, hey.
2: It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate.
0: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays
1: an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall, uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com Wondery.
2: One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that.
1: If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader.